going on, guys? On this episode of the Birdie Breakdown Podcast, we'll be recapping a strong month of May for the Orioles, previewing another challenging month of June, and answering some tough questions that need answering as the Orioles begin another crucial stretch of the year. All of this and much more next on the Birdie Breakdown Podcast. So May came to a close for the Orioles. It wasn't as strong as April was with the historic start the Orioles got off to to start the season this year. But it was a pretty, actually really strong month of May that saw the Orioles go on a 22-game stretch in which they faced all playoff teams from last year. And they only they went 4-2 and two in those series. So really good stuff from Baltimore. They, in May... After uh, a series against Kansas City that started in April and ended in May, they played Atlanta for three. They lost that series. Beat the Rays, the best team in baseball, two out of three in Baltimore. They beat the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are second in the Central, um, the NL Central right now, but still a really good team. At that time, they had like the same record as the Orioles. So you like to see that. They split a series with the Angels. Game one was Shohei Otani. I mean, so you, you can't you, you can't complain there. Just got to sit back and watch Shohei for what he is. Um, then they went to Toronto and swept Toronto. Then after an off day on the 22nd, they go to New York, and it was one pitch to Aaron Judge that was the difference between a, a sweep in New York and almost go, and going five and six in a Toronto-New York road trip, which is ridiculous. Then they lose two of three against Texas and then two of three against Cleveland to end the month. But overall, still a really impressive month from the Orioles. And people were questioning early on, does this team have what it takes to stick with the with the big boys of the American League and the National League? And I think after this month, they definitely proved that they are. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. You kind of touched on literally everything I was going to say. But I also want to add that the fact that they were on the road against Toronto and New York, which we've played for, well, they're obviously in our division, so we played them a bunch, and we managed to take five out of six from those guys, that's just a testament. It's all on the road, by the way. It's a, just a testament to how resilient this group is. Um, and especially after Aaron Judge hit that homer off Felix Bautista in game one of that series, and then New York came back and won it, uh, I thought we were dead in the water. I'm like, maybe this is ending, but no. Um, we just we came back, we kept fighting, we caught back in game two. Uh that eight run seventh inning. It was so that was so amazing. Um, yeah, it was just a great month. And I said at the beginning that this was gonna be our toughest stretch of the season. And we started off strong, but it was an easy April schedule. So I I mean, I it was good, but I didn't know if we were legit yet. And a bunch of people still didn't know that. And then we walk into May. We battle with these boys and we come out and I think we went 16 and 12 in May. Yes. 16, 16 and 12. So impressive. Um, yeah, this team's definitely on the come up and I believe we'll be here for a while just with their farm system and all that. But uh, I said that at the beginning, if we can battle with this, will show who the Orioles are. And now I, I think everyone, even like the, the MLB wasn't giving us attention before. Now that they are uh, fans should realize that the Orioles are legit uh, and there's just so much more season left, but I feel really, really good at where we're at right now. If you would have told me a year ago that the Orioles would be 30, 37 and 22 right now, I would not believe you guys at all. And especially 
being 16 and 12 in after May, where you play Tampa Bay, Toronto, Atlanta, New York, and most of these games were away. We had a short homestand, and we proceed. We're the first team to 20 wins on the road. It is beyond impressive, beyond what most people would have thought last year, and just that there's so much star potential out of every player on this team. And the future is so bright. I've preached on this for years, and this is so exciting. I think for me, the thing that like really gets me is that you're doing all of this when some of your best players aren't even performing that well. Like Gunnar Henderson in May, he's turned it up a little now, but he was slumping. He's still slumping right now. Um, Ryan Mountcastle. I mean, what is going on with Ryan Mountcastle? Anthony Santander had a great month of May, but he turned around from April. I mean, half of your team really, I mean, Adley was slumping for a huge portion of that month too. Um, ha- Like most of your team was slumping offensively and you still found a way to, I mean, that, that 16 and 12 month, that's, that's a 92, 93 month pace over 162 game season. So again, that, again, against really quality baseball teams. So again, just really amazing stuff from Baltimore. Uh, it's everybody really it's just they're they're all playing their role like I don't know you guys were you guys were ripping on Adam Frazier and I was too for that offseason signing but holy cow this guy has been insane um it kind of it's not the same but uh obviously not at the same tier but remember Marcus Simeon in 2021 with the Jays where he signed that one-year deal and he bought out it's kind of like that with Frazier the dude has just been straight he's been he's been so good um yeah Austin Hayes too he's been key cog right there uh he's really kept the orioles afloat and then our like tyler wells dean cream our pitching staff has stepped it up too and then we have that bullpen insurance with yenier and felix so uh i really 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 love where we're at and i hope we can keep building off this i wish we could play on the road every every game but that's not the case but yeah i'm really i mean most of the baseball fans didn't see this coming of course, you know, us Oriole fans should have saw this coming from last year, but um, this month definitely proved to me and probably proved to the whole league that the Orioles are legit and they're here to stay for years to come. Um, I love that Frazier signing personally. Um, I knew he was going to be a pretty good veteran bat. Um, I I felt like he was going to have a bounce back year. And Mountie, I don't know what the heck's going on with him. You put me in the batter's box, I would not swing half those pitches. I promise you that. Um, then the pitching was great besides G Rod, but G Rod had some had a had a good start against Toronto, so that was very promising. Um, uh, the pitching definitely stepped it up. Offense, the offense, um, definitely slumped a little bit, of course, which I hope you know will as the gets weather gets warmer and the ball carries more, uh, they'll be fine. Um, yeah, I as. You guys are t- saying, and I'm really, I like the, the spot we're in right now. I hope we can continue to get better. And I think we will. Um, it kind of sucks that Cedric got hurt. That's definitely a big blow to us. But, um, but guys, stepped up. Aaron Hicks, Aaron Hicks, <laughs> Yankee fans are punching air right now. Um, Aaron Hicks has been really good, uh, so far. What three, four, five games he's played so far. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know what to say. This team's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, 
that kind of brings me to my next this this next question. And you know, the Cedric Mullins injury really is that's that's a killer. I mean, you can't replace a guy like said. I mean, you know, he's he's the entertainer. He's 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 really on, on track to be an all-star this year with the crazy numbers he was putting up, the 2021 version of of Cedric Mullins. Um, you know, he he flashes the glove in the field. He was hitting lefties this year, which is not something you saw last year. Um, but with the Cedric Mullins injury, you have a guy like Aaron Hicks who the Orioles bring in, and you've got guys in the minor leagues like Colton Cowser, um, like Jordan Westbrook, who you can put in the outfield as a replacement. But until Cedric Mullins is ready, is Aaron Hicks really the answer for the Orioles, or is this just like a fluke one-week performance from Aaron Hicks? And you, you, do you guys still prefer that you would get rid of Hicks, that his tenure in Baltimore would be short, and you call on guys like Kowser, who is hitting the cover off the baseball in AAA right now. Uh, I personally still stand by this that we should call up, call up, sorry, call up Colin Kowser. Um, I mean, the dude has been raking in AAA. I don't really understand the holdup, especially when you have limited depth out there with uh, Seti out. So, uh, it sucks to see Cedric out. Every team goes through injury, so you're just going to have to find a way to stay afloat with a star like that out. Uh, luckily, luckily, we have guys to pick him up. But, I mean, like you have Santander, you have McKenna, you have Hicks, and you have Hayes. Um, I, I think you do have to bring up somebody, and whether it's Kowser or Westberg, I, I, I could care. I want it to be one of them. I hope they do it. Um, I don't know when they'll do it. I don't think it'll be this series, but more like this weekend, if anything. Um and maybe you option like Josh Lester down. I mean, yeah, he had his first hit yesterday. Uh, but is he really gonna produce that often? Uh, I don't know. I just hope we call up Towser for sure. Uh, he's been raking, and I feel like now would be a perfect time for him. He's red hot uh, down in Norfolk. Yeah, I I agree. I don't understand why Urias is still on the team. Um, I think it's I think it's more that injury that kind of messed him up. But he's not really he wasn't really producing even before the injury. But I think the injury kind of made him worse. Um, but I do I, – I feel bad for Westbrook. He deserves to be up here. Yeah, he was ready last year, what Nelson said. Um, and then I'd rather have Kowser up over him, though. Um, I, 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 this could be a flu for Aaron Hicks, but um, I'm kind of, like, split on that 50-50. But I hope – I do think Kowser will be up soon, especially with that promotion of Eurostad. So – um. Yeah, I Michael Ice even said before Calgary got placed on the IL that he was getting pretty close. So I'll take that with a grain of salt, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Michael Ice saying that Colton Calgary is days away, not weeks away, is a good sign for our Orioles fans. Um, and speaking of injuries, Gunnar Henderson, we saw he has lower back soreness. He's day to day. He's out for a couple of days. Uh, he should be ready to go for the Milwaukee series. But just something to keep an eye on. You know, those back injuries can be – they can linger over time. Um, And at 21 years old, having back issues is not necessarily the thing you want to see, especially for Henderson, who was really just starting to hit the ball well and swing it like we know that he, he can, and he did last year, Um, as his rookie year is not necessarily gone according to the plan. But, you know, just some rookie struggles. Um, But, yeah, Henderson should be good to, good to go from Milwaukee here in a couple of days. I really wouldn't be that worried about him. Uh, he's still young. 
And he's you, you said that he was struggling, but he's turned the corner. Um, I mean, yeah, he's still not good. Uh, and oh, he's not been good this year, uh, by any means, but he's turning the corner. Uh, and he's and specifically last series against the Giants. Well, he played one game because he got injured halfway through the second game of the series. Um, but he crushed that ball, and I feel like that really put a spark into him. And, and it sucks to see him get injuries. Injuries always suck. Um, but he he was it, he was struggling the first part of May and really throughout the uh the whole beginning of the season. Um, but ever since like May fifteenth, uh, he's been batting like two seventy five, and his um his on base percentage is rising. So I think it's just a matter of time. You got to give these young dudes time. Uh, we said that time and time again on here. Uh, he'll be fine. Oh, one hundred percent. Gunner, Gunner's only twenty one. There's not much to worry about, at least for now. If it if it happens again, then we'll rediscuss. But he's he killed last two weeks. He's been really good. As so, I'm really not that concerned. Yeah, Gunner Henderson over the past two and a half, three weeks is hitting 268 with five walks, 13 hits, seven extra base hits, and three home runs. So Gunner started to turn the corner a little bit here as he tries to improve on his rookie season. Um, So the next segment of our podcast tonight is going to be the May Awards. Like we said before, it was a strong month of May for the Orioles, going 16 and 12, a 93-win pace for the Orioles against really tough opponents throughout the entire month. Um, so we'll start with the player of the month, position player of the month. Um, we'll do position player, um, pitcher of the month, and then a disappointment of the month. Um, and, a, and a player who we think is going to pick it up here coming up in June. So we'll start with Elikai. Uh, who do you have for your player of the month? Player of the month, I have my boy, Austin Hayes. Um, dude has been raking. I really just said that, but he's been he's been smoking hot. Uh, and his gloves always been there. Um, but uh, he was hitting he the last thirty games. He's hitting three ten. He has two home runs, twelve RBIs, and he has ten runs scored. And then overall this year he's been three oh one, and he has an eight twenty eight OPS. So he's been fantastic this month. And he's been in the he's been promoted in the lineup. I've seen that. And you've seen guys like Grant Mountcastle get demoted. Um, it's all just fluctuation based on how they're performing. But Hayes has been nice this uh, nice this month. Um, and I, I would take what he's producing now. I was kind of worried about him at the beginning of the year, um, but he's he's proving me wrong, and I love to see it. Same with Adam Frazier, um, and he had a slow start to the season, too, similar to Gunnar Henderson and Anthony Santander, but him turning the corner is a great sign, uh, and if he can keep building on this, then look out. He might be an all-star. You never know. Hayes is a good option. It's a, It's between him and Tyler Wells. And Anthony Santander. Anthony Santander was good the entire month, as well as Hayes. But Santander seemed to always get a hit. But Santander was just phenomenal. I mean, his April and May splits are so different from one another. April, he just struck out all the time. And then... He absolutely turned the corner. Yeah, Anthony Santander ended April hitting 213, 280 um, on base, and 362 slugging. But in May, he ended this. He ended May hitting 279, 358, 
495, and he hit 344 in May with a 432 on base percentage, slugging 625 and a 1057 OPS. So Santander really, I mean, he if if you had to make a like a an all MLB team of of the month for May, he's definitely on there with outfielders like Judge um and, Acu- and Acuna. But Santander had a great month of May and really was one of the only bright spots offensively for the Orioles this month. Yeah, was, for me, it was a, really a toss-up between him and Tyler Wells. Um, Tony and Tyler Wells. But I'm going to go with Tony because that offense struggled, as we've been talking about. Um, and he, when he gets going, that it seems like he gets going when the lineup struggles. That's just what it seems like to me. Um, but he definitely like carried put the Orioles on their on his back throughout this month. And then Tyler Wells also put them on his back too. So for me, I I can't really pick between the, the, those two. Um, so just because Tony plays every day, I'm gonna go with him. Yeah. So we'll move to our pitcher of the month. Um, sounds like we already know who a couple of you guys are gonna choose. But uh, again, we'll start with Elikai. Who do you have for your pitcher of May for the uh, Orioles? Easy, easy, easy. Uh, Tyler Wells. Um, this month he posted a two one two and one record, and I I'm not a big believer in records, but his ERA was it was way lower. It was three point seven one. Uh, and he struck out thirty eight uh, people in six appearances last month. Um, and he's really turned into the ace of the staff. I, I would say. Um, and the past two starts, to be exact, against Cleveland and now against San Francisco, uh, he was dominant. Aside, well, Cleveland, he was really good, uh, except for that triple and then the sack fly. Uh, and then it was yesterday against the Giants, uh, except for this two-run homer. Other than that, he's been straight. Um, and, you know, people have been uh, ripping on Michael Elias, and they were this offseason, and it's understandable. But he didn't really make any moves to the pitching staff besides Kyle Gibson. And as Kyle Gibson was supposed to be our ace. But Tyler Wallace has taken that step to become our ace. Um, and he's been a major boost to Baltimore. And again, he's one of the reasons why uh, we're the third best team in baseball. Uh, and to be honest, with, without him, I think he's really pushed the pitching staff to improve. And without him, I don't know where we would be at, especially this month. He was dominant. I 110% agree with Tyler Wells as a pitcher for me. And he has really hit the turnaround since last year. It took him a while to like start getting in his groove. He's recording seven, eight strikeouts per game on average. Like three games in a row, it's been seven or more, I think. Is it was Pittsburgh? Oh yeah, Cleveland. And then yesterday versus San Francisco. It it's been crazy because Two years ago, he was a relief pitcher, and he got a save against the Yankees. And now he's going six, seven innings with nine strikeouts. It's just crazy to think about development-wise and that our front office is doing all these things right. And honorable mention, Dean Kramer, who had a major improvement from April. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tyler Wells for me. Um, His strikeout numbers are way up. This year, also, the one thing that really concerns me about Tyler Wells is the home runs. That's the one thing that he needs to work on. Um, but other than that, like he has great command, um, great he has great stuff. He was a closer in twenty one and started last year and started this year. Um, but yeah, 
I'm going with Tyler Wells. If he can fix the home run issue, dude, he'd be he'd be top ten for sure. Yeah, Tyler Wells has given up 14 homers already this year. He gave up 17 all of last season. I know he was injured for part of the year, but still half as many innings as he had last year. And the home runs are an issue, but really a great month by Tyler Wells. But can we give some love to D- Dean Kramer? I mean, he got off to a really rocky start in the first his first couple of starts in April. But in his last six starts, Dean Kramer is four and one with a two fifty five ERA, and the Orioles are five and one in those games. Jewish Jordan has just really elevated his game since uh, the rocky start in early April. And it's it's good to see for him. I mean, he was his his fastball Vila was up to 97, 98 against uh the Giants in San Francisco. I mean, that's not stuff you usually see from from Dean Kramer. Um, but yeah, I'm just really impressed with Dean Kramer and the top of this Orioles rotation, Kyle Gibson included. Um Gibson is now seven and three on the year with the three uh seventy something ERA. Um so the Orioles top three starters have pitched really well recently when and they've picked up the offense in a month when the offense was struggling to produce runs. Um, and then the Orioles' fourth starter and fifth starter, especially fifth starter, we've had some issues. We had the the bullpen game um, against Cleveland when Keegan Aiken started um, the opener. That was just not – I mean, you, do you guys agree with the decision to send Grayson Rodriguez down? I mean, it's his last start. He went six innings, allowed one hit. Yeah, he had five walks, but you could say that is something he needs to work on. But is uh, Grayson Rodriguez dominating AAA pitching? It just is that going to help him produce in the major leagues at this point? I just think it's a confidence thing. His confidence was super low, uh, so maybe he needed it. Uh, I did agree with it at the time, but as soon as that bullpen disaster happened, where we had the opener and Cleveland won twelve to eight. Um, you know, it's, it's 2020 hindsight, but I just would rather have Grayson pitch in that situation than have Keen, Nakin and Austin both give up eight runs to the <laughs> piss poor guardians offense. Um, but I, I think he'll be back in at, at the, at the very maximum, like a couple of weeks, probably, uh, and next couple of weeks or so I'll give it. Um, but he, he's kind of in, in between that weird range where he's amazing in triple a um, but he just hasn't figured it out at the major league level. And I think you just have to give him time with that too. Uh, just like Gunner, he's gonna, he's gonna figure it out eventually. And when he does, it'll be scary. Um, but for now, I, I, I would bring him back up, but I, I guess we'll see. It depends on how you view it. I thought the bullpen game was absolutely stupid. It were, it's a rubber match. Why would you send out Aiken, those, and then, I think there were there was like Perez, and then like three other guys. There were only two pitchers that didn't get batted like hit around, and that was Brian Baker and Danny Coulomb. That that was two. They only had two innings where there were no runs scored, which was completely embarrassing to a team that had like almost some of the lowest offensive categories in baseball, and. There was no effective strategy behind it either. It was the one move that I questioned with Michael Elias because I'm sure you could have gotten five innings out of Grayson at the very least against Cleveland, but 
I, it was just poorly executed, in my opinion. Yeah, at the time when Grayson got sent down, I was kind of like, okay, this is great. But I'm, but I, I, that bullpen game, like, I understand why they did it, but I don't think they should have done it. I feel like they should have called up, like, like a pitcher, like another pitcher, like Cole Irvin or even Bruce Zimmerman, give one of those guys to start. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, I think, I think Grayson going down was like a good thing for confidence. But at the same time, I kind of wish that, you know, we given him a chance to go through the lumps. Yeah, we all kind of ripped on Grayson, not going to lie. I ripped on Grayson. Um, but, yeah, I think he should have just stayed up. Pitchers are going to pitchers are gonna go through more lumps than hitters, in my opinion. So I kind of wish that we didn't give up on Grayson. Um, yeah, giving up, what, eight runs and or eight runs or nine runs and one start is terrible. But he's only 23 years old. I'm sure he'll figure it out. I have confidence in Grayson. The stuff is there. The command just needs needs work, of course. Um, but yeah, that's my. Answer. Yeah, I mean, for Grayson, the big thing all season long um, has just been the consistency. I mean, we saw the stuff. What he can do. He had a good start against Toronto. Um, he went five innings. He gave up four runs that game, but for the most part, he dominated every hitter. Um, and we've seen it just in in multiple starts. It's just he can't string quality starts together um, in a row, which is not stuff you really want to see. And especially, I mean, this Orioles team, they're, they're 15 games over 500 right now. You can't really, you know, they're competing for a, a division title on a wild card spot. You don't, you can't afford to have terrible starts like Grayson's um, most recent one in a, in a pennant race like this. So, I mean, yeah, you want to give your rookie, um, you know, some some leeway because he's a rookie and he's going to struggle because he's a pitcher. But the Orioles, they they can't afford to have these learning challenges and these event- developmental challenges like they could have a couple of years ago in 21 when they're still trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be in this core for the future. They don't have that luxury anymore. Um. Also, something with Grayson is his, is his walk numbers. Even in AAA, he had five walks and six in, in a third innings. That's something that can kill you in the MLB. And that's some, That's another thing he needs to work on. So it's just confidence, consistency. May, maybe he works on his pitch count and then the walks. Yeah, it's for Grayson, it's really all the fastball command. Um, I mean, the off-speed stuff is has been nasty. I mean, it gets hitters to chase. Yeah, he'll occasionally leave like a change-up middle-middle that gets crushed, but he can't just blow by guys like he can in the minors in the majors. You know, that 97-98 that mile-per-hour fastball plays really well, but hitters, like major league, major league hitters are major league hitters. They they can hit 97-98 um, better than AAA guys can. Um, so if Grayson can just harness that fastball command and just just refine that, then I think we'll see him here soon. It's not it's not going to be a while before we see Grayson Rodriguez again. The Orioles they don't need a fifth start of this rotation around because of the staggered off days. Um, the Orioles have six off days in June, which works well um, for this starting um, rotation, these starting rotation issues. But we'll see Grayson here sooner or later. Um, sooner rather than later, um, as the Orioles are still in the thick of things um, in the American League East, only four games back of Tampa Bay, um, who went into Boston and took three of four 
there. Um, what is going on with the Red Sox, man? They're they're in a pretty rough stretch right now. But the Yankees, just speaking of the AL East as a whole, they're on a hot streak right now. Aaron Judge has popped off. Um, we knew it was it was in in due time. Um, and then the Blue Jays, um, they're Alec Manoa. Um, is pitching right now. Um, it'll be yesterday Fresh for you guys. Something you only put in your tires. <laughs> but Manoa's I mean, what not. what has happened to Alec Manoa in the Blue Jays? I mean, I, people were predicting. I, I know it's early. It's still early. I mean, the Nats for what? They were like twelve games under five hundred in twenty nineteen, and they went on to win the World Series, but. What is going on with the Blue Jays? People were saying, oh, this is an 100, 110 win team, and they're barely hanging on to being right over 500 right now. The AL East has slowed down somewhat in, because, in terms of what the, was a ridiculously like historic April. Um, but so sorry for getting off track there a little bit. We're going to bring it back to reliever of the month. Um, who wants to take it away? I got you. Um, so basically I thought that Jacob's going to not agree with there being only two options. Uh, he's going to add a third twist probably. Uh, but it's gotta be between Yenier Cano and Felix Bautista. And I gotta say it's Yenier. Um, I mean, the dude's just insane. I haven't really seen anything like it ever, to be honest with you. Uh, he's just slides out. It's unhittable. He has a nasty two pitch mix. It might be three. Um, but he, that, that sinker is, it's not, it's 95, 96. Uh, and it just kills right-handed batters just coming inside, and they just cannot hit it. And then he balances it up with that changeup, which is like seven, eight miles per hour slower, but it's just unhittable. Um, and he's pitched 31 innings this year. He's allowed only three runs. It's just unheard stuff. Um, and I mean, the the fact I was looking at the scoreboard because I was at the, I was at Oracle Park this weekend, and I looked at his K K rate per nine. And it was 10.50. And I looked to the right and I said it was walk rate per nine, uh, was 1.31. I'm like, wow, that is incredible. The dude has just been insane. There's no other way to put it. Um, and then this month specifically, he he was dominant too. He didn't allow a single run. Uh, he struck out 12. Uh, yeah, he was limited now and then he pitched uh so often, but you expect that with the reliever. Uh, and you can't ask any more from him. Uh, and he's been he's been fantastic, and the bullpen as a whole has been fantastic too. There is nobody else like Felix Bautista. I think he has struck out fifty two batters in a crazy amount of innings, which is just phenomenal. And right, he hung one pitch this month that got hit out by Aaron Judge. Other than that, the dude was lights out when his when his Entrance hit, the game was over almost every time. The the velocity of the fastballs up that he's worried. I think his control and his splitters getting there. It just took him a little time, but it seems like we have started to see 2022 Felix Batista again. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're an opposing hitter, the only thing you can hope for is that he doesn't have a splitter command that day. Because if he does, it's it's over. You stand no chance. Um, and we saw that Aaron Judge got a hang splitter and hit it out to left field and tie the game. The Orioles would go on to lose that game, and Batista got a blown save. Um, but when Felix is on, he's on, and he's really one of the best, arguably the best closer up there with Class A in baseball for the Orioles that we can. All right, so disappointment of the month. We've gone through best player. We've gone through best pitcher, best reliever. 
I see Jacob is smirking in the corner. Jacob, why don't we start with you? Who's your biggest disappointment of the month? Jorge Mateo. <laughs> Dude, he has sucked this past month. He, I thought he was going to be the MVP. And, like, not the, not the league MVP, obviously, but, like, he was on pace for, like, a breakout season, and then everything fell apart in May. Also, honorable mention, CNL Perez. I just I don't understand what happened. I mean, he was he was arguably the best shortstop in the league in the in the AL and ML in in the, in the NL combined. Like he was he was putting up crazy numbers. Um, but I mean, it's just it's all just taking a turn for the worse. I mean, the defense hasn't been great. Um, he's been getting caught stealing more more than usual. He in the bat. I mean, what what is going on? I mean, almost a forty percent strikeout rate in the month of May for Jorge Mateo. And if you had a it, that that is honestly lower than what I would have thought it was. I mean, it seems like every time he gets up there, he strikes out on three pitches. It's just uncompetitive, not competitive at bats. Every single AB, the errors in the field. I mean, Jorge Mateo has got to be everybody's pick here. Um, with Mateo, he just he's just swinging at everything. It's not even like it looks like he's just there to get paid and leave. Well, yeah, but another honorable mention is Ryan Mountcastle. I mean, dude has the same issue. I, I don't understand it. Um, he it's just okay. His eye has always been a problem, but right now it's just especially bad. I mean, okay, I was behind the Orioles dugout, right? And I saw him swing at two pitches that were that hit like I don't even know, hit the like before home plate and he swung at it. It's like uh he's he I don't know his power's still there and he had a really hot hot start. Um, I think he had like eight homers in April and he drove in like 20 plus runs. Um, and then ever since then, it's just been, it's been rough for him. So him and Jorge Mateo are going through the same issues. I mean, they both had great gloves. Uh, it, they've both been great and defensively. Uh, I don't know what his K rate is to be exact. I'm sure I could pull it up. Nelson, do you know it? Um, but it can't, they can't be good either. He just looks so lost at the plate. Yeah, I don't know his carry, but I know his OPS is 707, and that's after a 546 OPS in the month of May. Ryan Mountcastle has really just – he sucked so bad. Um, I mean, it's just – I mean, you said the power is still there. Is the power really still there? I mean, when he's not hitting homers, he's really useless. He had a really a much-improved defensive season last year, top half in the league um, in defensive runs saved at first base. Um, but this year he's dead last. He's dead last, and it's it's just it's it's really hard to watch sometimes with, with Mountcastle. And hey, it's June. Mountcastle is historically had ridiculous Junes. Um, we play the Blue Jays a lot in June. Maybe he'll pop off. We know he pop, pops off against Toronto. Um, but yeah, I just it's it's hard for me to see him. If you have to if you have to pick one guy from this core group of Orioles. Who we can see cut loose first. I just I think it's gotta be Mountcastle. He just he seems replaceable. This year he's got negative war. I mean, he's so statistically he is a below league average player and he is a replaceable guy. So it's hard hard to watch for Mountcastle right now. Uh that begs the question though, if you cut ties with him, who do you start? Like Ryan O'Hearn, do you pick up another first baseman? 
Uh, and I don't think we would move Tony there just because of his lack of experience. Ramon Urias, he played first one game, two. He was good, but still lack of experience. Um, so what do you do if you just let Mountcastle go? I mean, at this rate, Ryan O'Hearn, Ryan O'Hearn deserves more at bats in my Mountcastle, in my opinion. Now I know no one I know Brandon Hyde and Michael Elias aren't gonna sit or bench Mountcastle. I know that's not gonna happen. But I mean, if you're looking at purely numbers, Ryan O'Hearn over the past month has performed it much better than Ryan Mountcastle has. And even a guy like we were talking about, Ramon Arias, who was struggling and he's injured, even he is putting up better numbers than Ryan Mountcastle in the month of May, and that's after missing half of the month. So I don't know. I mean, it's he'll break out of it. All players do. I mean, we've we seen you know Trey Turner had a, a terrible start to the season. He's now finally coming around. And a bunch of these these guys who are really good baseball players, and you know what they're capable of. But I mean, Mountie is just he's just falling off a cliff. And this entire Oriole offense has really at the same time. And that's what you really want to try to avoid. I mean, you saw April, right? You've got guys hit and we knew there was gonna be regression to come, right? We knew this after they were playing in insanely um offensively in April. But it's just it's all really T- taking a turn for the worse in terms of the Orioles' bats, and you got you've got guys like Colton Kowser in AAA and Jordan Westberg in AAA and Joey Ortiz in AAA, who if they get called up, all they do is hit. And I'm really tired of making excuses for these guys. Yeah, we're 15 games over 500. I get that, but you can do better offensively, and I think you have options offensively that they're hesitant to go to because they're young guys who are unproven. Yeah, but you got to take risks to win a championship and whether it's bringing someone up from AAA or like you said, Ryan O'Hearn, he's been simply fantastic. I mean, bank 269 uh, and it's only in nine games, 269. He's had seven hits, two homers, seven RBIs uh, and he scored four times. Um, so he's been really good as as a backup. I, I still don't know if you start him though, if you're trying to contend for the playoffs like this. Um, so it's it's something to ponder, but um I do hope Mountcastle breaks out of it. He's still one of my favorite players. Um, and even if he wasn't, I, I I'm a, obviously a fan of this team, so I want him to succeed. Um, but yeah, he's just look lost and I hope he returns back to his rookie self where he was raking, because that would be uh, uh, it would be a shot to this offense that we could be, uh, we could use, especially since we were uh, lackluster uh, compared to April the uh, past month. Okay, uh, so we'll move to a, a series preview against the Milwaukee Brewers. The Orioles continue this six-game coast-to-coast road trip um, from San Francisco in the Bay Area to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Orioles will be facing. After an off day on um, Monday, they'll be facing on Tuesday. Um, one, uh, Freddie Peralta, he's five and five with a four sixty two ERA um, against Kyle Gibson, who has brought that ERA down to three eighty nine, and he's seven and three on the year. The Orioles usually win these Kyle Gibson starts, um, and then Corbin Burns, <laughs> uh, future Oriole Cor- Corbin Burns, future Orioles legend has had somewhat of a down year considering how good we know he can be and how good he has been the past few years. He's four and four with a three seventy five ERA. Um his baseball savant 
Page um, has not been great this year for Corbin Burns. Um, but this is also kind of part in due to the Brewers offense as a whole not producing that much at all. The Brewers, for being a second-place team, half a game out of first place, are almost negative 30 runs um, in their run differential, which is not a great sign um, if you're a team com- competing and contending for a, a first-place division uh, title this season. And then on the 8th, the Orioles are going to go against... Who is this guy? Colin Ray. I don't know oh, who he is. Owen Ray. Uh, who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know. Whenever the Orioles face a who is this guy, it doesn't usually end well um, for them. But Owen Ray is 3-3 three and three with a 494 ERA. And then looking around the rest of the AL East, um, the Astros took game one of a four-game series against Toronto. And that one's interesting because Tor- Alec-, Alec Manoa went one-third of an inning um, in that game, gave up six earned runs in the third of an inning. I mean, that's 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 Dean Kramer 2020 COVID year in Toronto numbers, actually in Buffalo numbers um, going way back. Um, but that could the bullpen for the Jays has already had to cover a lot of innings. And this is a four game series. So the Orioles could extend their division lead over the Jays, which now sits at five games. We could see it at like seven or eight by the time that series is over. The Yanks are going up against the White Sox. Um, so some pretty winnable games for New York. But um, the, the White Sox have been playing a lot better recently. Luis Robert has had a ridiculous month of May. They're starting to swing it better. Jake Berger had a walk-off Grand Slam a couple of days ago. Um, so the White Sox aren't a great team. We know this. But their pitching is like that. It's the highest ERA in baseball. But they... They could they can play with the Yanks and then the Red Sox are going against a really hot Guardians team who's won three straight series, one of which being against the Orioles. Um, but the Red Sox right now, man, they're they're going through it. The defense has been awful for Boston. The pitching has not been great. Yeah, they're going up against Tampa. Um, they lost three or four against them, but it's just it's just not great. And then as we go into the weekend, um, in this first week of, first and second week of June, the Orioles are going up against the Kansas City Royals for three games in a weekend set back in home at Camden Yards. But that weekend, the the Tampa Bay Rays are going up against the Texas Rangers for three games in Texas. And the Orioles sit four games back as of Tuesday, um, June 6th. But if you, you want to make up some games against Tampa, there you have it right there. Three games for the Orioles against the worst, the second worst team in the AL and three games for, Tampa Bay against arguably the best team in the American League. So some chances to make up some games and cover some ground as we get into the the summer months of this baseball season and the Orioles hunt for their first division title since 2014. God, that feels like forever. I mean, it was almost, it was almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. That's so wild. I remember that too vividly. Um, but yeah, uh, this weekend. Uh, sorry, this series coming up against Milwaukee. I'm not that worried about the Brewers. Yeah, it's on the road. Yeah, we've had to fly across the country and then halfway back. Um, <laughs> but uh, the only game I'm really worried about, and I think they had Corbin Burns scheduled for Tuesday because I checked last night and then they pushed him back an extra day. So I guess an extra day of rest. Uh, that's the game I'm worried about. Yeah, Corbin Burns hasn't been that good this year, uh, but it's Corbin Burns and you know his stuff. 
uh, and he's been turning it around too. He had a great outing against the Giants, who he just faced. Um, it was like a week ago, week and a half ago. He went like eight innings, pitched one run ball, struck out 12. So he's very capable of that. Um, but it, it'll just come down to the offense because Milwaukee hasn't been scoring that much. Their pitching has been good. Um, so if we muster up like three or four runs, I'm sure we'll be able to take at least two from them. Um, and then the AL beast is just so crazy that we're in the same division as the Rays. Um, and I keep hearing from everyone, like, you're an Orioles fan. Man, I feel sorry for you because you're in the same division as Tampa. And they just don't lose. It's unbelievable. I don't understand how how they are this good. Um, we need Texas and Minnesota to hopefully clutch up. I know it's still super early, and there's still 100 games left. Uh, but at some point, you're going to have to look at the standings. You're going to have to make up ground. Yeah, we still have three month, three more months of baseball left to be played. Um, but I, Tampa's just... They look legit. They look like a World Series. They look like a World Series team right now. Uh, and the fact that we're hanging around, we're just like three or four games behind them, it's a good sign. Um, so we do need some help, but we shouldn't really worry about that now. We should focus on what we're doing. Um, and Milwaukee doesn't worry me that much. Kansas City doesn't uh, worry that me that much. So I believe if we play our cards right, uh, this next week should be uh, pretty and I'm not going to say easy because you never know, um, but we'll see how it goes. And then we face uh, Toronto, who's just uh, – they they swept the Mets, but they've been uh, they've been skating the whole year. So uh, I feel like the next week and a half is really key to capitalize on. Um, and if we do it, we could find ourselves potentially in first place. Yeah, bring on Toronto. I mean, I know, especially now with the schedule change, these AL East games matter more because you play them fewer. So – if the Orioles can snag two the first two series of the year against Toronto, that could be really big. Even if they don't sweep, you just take two of three against them, that's huge. Um, but we talked about this earlier, how the Orioles don't need a fifth starter this rotation cycle because of the staggered off days and the travel across the country to San Francisco and then back to Milwaukee. Um, the Orioles are going to send out Gibson, um, Bradish, and Kramer on normally scheduled n- normal rest um, in Milwaukee. So it's not officially announced yet, but um, that's pretty much what the Orioles are going to do. So you're not going to see Grayson Rodriguez on the bump for at least another week, week and a half. Um, and you're not going to see, thank, thankfully, you won't see another opener with that ridiculous, bull, uh, whatever that was, that 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 bullpen game back against uh, the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, you tried pulling the Tampa special and it backfired. So I hope we don't do that again. Yeah. Uh, that was just a disaster. Uh, only Tampa can pull it off. But, yeah, like I said, I'll say it again. If we capitalize in the next two weeks, because we play Chicago after Toronto, I'm looking for our head. But uh, if we capitalize, when take care of business, win those games, uh, we'll be in a good spot. Yes. Let, let's hope that guy that Nelson said he had no idea who it was turn, does not turn into Jesus when we play him, because that's usually what happens. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. The Orioles' bats have gotten going, though, against San Francisco. The last 8-3 to win, the five-run margin there in that game was the biggest the Orioles have had all season long, Um, which is, uh, you know, kind of surprising to see because this offense has been pretty solid throughout the entire year. Um, But it's looking like they're getting on the right track as the Orioles' team ERA um, has been top third of in the league despite – some starting rotation struggles. Yeah, um, uh, I think 
this series. I'm I'm not worried about the Brewers either. Uh, I think we can at least take two out of three. If we take two out of three, we'll be set. And I think we'll sweep. We will sweep the Royals. The Royals are terrible. Um, but yeah, Corbin. If we lose, at least if we don't sweep the Brewers, it's because we lose against Corbin Burns. Uh, Freddie Peralta. He had that one good year, 2018. Then he got injured. Been terrible since. And then I don't even remember the the guy you said. Um, usually when we go against like people we've never heard of, we suck. But I think this year should be different. Um, I'm probably doing my research on that guy. Um, but all I know, Freddie Peralta sucks, and Corbin Burns is Corbin Burns. You know, he started the season out terrible. Um, he's come back to life in his recent uh, starts. So. Um, if we can at least score four or more runs in each game, I think we'll be fine. Because that Brewers offense is hit, hit or miss. They're either on or they're really bad. So, um, I I'll be happy taking two out of three. All right. So one last thing. Um, that uh, you've mentioned Freddie Peralta was bad. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been good, but he was also hurt all of last year. So he's still finding his groove. And I don't want it to be this way, but maybe could have a good outing against us. Um, so we just got to attack him early and often. And if we score early against him, their bullpen hasn't been that good this year. So uh, we just got to get into, into their bullpen. So we'll see. Um, but um, our offense has been so good this year. Let's just hope we can keep it up for this series. The Orioles are going to be facing old foes Willie Adamas um, and Roddy Telez against the Brewers coming up here this week. Um but some quick injury news um, and updates for um, the Orioles here. Michael Givens was placed on the IL, the 15-day IL, um, with shoulder inflammation. That's a setback for Givens, um, who prior to this year has been a reliable setup man, um, who has been durable and hasn't hasn't really battled um, many injuries uh, throughout the course of his career. I mean, he was durable with Baltimore. He's durable with the with the Mets um, and, and the Rockies in the few years he was away from the Orioles. But Givens has been really atrocious ever since coming back um, off the aisle with back problems um, or, or knee, knee issues. Um, so Givens is on the 15-day aisle. And then Dylan Tate, another bullpen arm for the Orioles, who you can argue was the second-best reliever for the team last year after Felix Batista. Jacob, I don't want to. I don't want to hear your your mouth about uh, Co Perez. He does not count. Okay, he is hot garbage and will remain hot garbage. But Dylan Tate has suffered a setback. Um, there's no timetable timetable for his return. Um, with his elbow soreness, maybe. Um, forearm uh, forearm strain. Forearm strain. Yeah, so he's going to be out for a while. John Means suffered a setback. Um, and his rehab, his was shoulder soreness. Um, he's still predicted to come back and contribute, according to him, later on in August, late August, early September, maybe. But I mean, the Orioles don't really need to push it from John Mean. To be nice to have him back in October, um, to have that reliable lefty back. Um, is it's been it's really been almost two years since we've seen John Means on a mound for the Orioles. Um, but hoping to have him back later this year. And then Gunnar Henderson, as we said earlier, is day to day um, with lower back pain. Um, so nothing, nothing too worrying about Gunnar Henderson. There, he'll be back, um, and hopefully he stays on track um, as the Orioles look for a better, more productive offensive month um, than they had in the month of May. But that pretty much wraps it up for us on this episode of the Brody Breakdown Podcast. 
Thanks for listening. We know it's been a while since we were last on. We're going to try to bring these episodes up to you every week um, as we get into the summer months of the season. Let's go birds, um, and we'll see you on the next episode.